Here we go, Ray, another podcast. You ready to do it? Let's do it. Today we got Josh Burns from Bare Knuckle Fighting. We're going to give him a call right now. Oh, well, I'm calling him on Facebook. My bad, my bad, my bad. Oh, my goodness. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm calling him on Facebook. All right, that's let good. Me, let, me, let, me, let me do the phone because since I got his... Uh... Yeah, I forgot to start the cameras. Shit. All right, let me, uh... Sorry, now I gotta do this one. I got, my phone got locked. We're recording. We're live! I'm gonna, I'm gonna call him to my phone. Okay, all right, we'll start this over again. All right. You ready? Yep. <laughs> all right, and we're ready for another podcast. We got the... Oh. We got the cameras straight now, yep. and we're ready to go. So we're going to have heavyweight Josh Burns from Bare Knuckle Fighting on. Let's give him a call. Yes, sir. Oh, man. <laughs> Crazy. You're going to need some caveman energy. Check out caveman energy on YouTube. I've seen that. <laughs> Yo, what's going on? What's hey. going on, Mr. Josh Burns? We got Josh Burns, Bare Knuckle Fighting, heavyweight. How's it going? Going well, guys. What's going on? Pretty good, man. And I'm going to just put this on the record right here. He's going to be the heavyweight champion, the future heavyweight champion. My man. <laughs> I like the sound of that. What needs to happen for you to get that title shot? Uh, literally absolutely nothing. I just need to uh, stay the course. Uh, we've got one or two options. Either uh, Sam Sam and uh, Joey are going to fight it out in April. Uh, they've moved me from the March card to the April card. So if anything happens with Sam, you know, as we know uh, with my fight, there was multiple times he had, you know, didn't show up or, you know, had issues that came that arose, which he pulled out. So if he does that with Joey, I'll be the mandatory fill in. And if not, and they do fight, uh, I'll have a number one elimination uh, bout, uh, title eliminator bout. And after my fight, after I knock out whoever they put in front of me, I'll confront the winner of those two and uh, fight the winner. That's awesome, man. We had a lot of bare knuckle guys on lately. Um, we're big fans of sport, Ray. Especially, he turned me on to this sport. Um, <laughs> for a while, I thought it was going to be no offense. I thought it was going to be pretty stupid, just a bunch of old washed up people. But man, yeah. the fights have been amazing. And ever since I watched the first card, I've been pumping it over and over again. I really like your guys' shows. Yeah, no, I appreciate. It. Yeah, and uh, that's the thing a lot of people don't get is that. Uh, we're not, it's not MMA and it's not boxing. So this is bare knuckle. So, and it's, you know, a whole different world. This is a whole different world. So you get cracked with bare fists, you know, everyone's like, yeah, but MMA, you get kicked in the head, you get elbows, but it isn't constant. It's every once in a while or it ends a fight. This fight from beginning to end, you're getting cracked bone on bone. And what this test is, it's really not even the athleticism or, you know, the skill sets of other people until you get the higher levels. At the end of the day, the very first thing it checks is your heart. If you don't have heart and you don't have will, you'll quit. You will quit. And, you know, you saw it in the last, you know, we had the last card, the Knuckle Mania. You know, you've had, and I'm not going to put people on blast, but there's people on the card that were supposed to be, you know, just juggernauts and upcoming monsters. And, and they fought real people. And when they fought real people, they ended up just folding, folding under the pressure. So, and it just goes to show, you know, you think you're tough in this sport until you get hit. You know, and, and I'm blessed enough to, I've been doing this stuff almost six years now. I was in Europe for almost five years, you know, getting the real uh, <laughs> European bare knuckle scene. You know, 
Obviously, I was one of only a handful of Americans that actually went over there, and I was actually only one of two Americans that actually consistently went over there and uh, had 10-plus fights, and you really got the the lay of the land. They're they're a little bit different. They they do that that proper Victorian style boxing because so they do not allow clenching and what have you. But uh, here is more uh, tailor made to someone like myself that uh, you know we can grapple. You know as far as you know ties, plum ties, half plum ties, and uh, dirty boxing is promoted. So it's 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 a crazy ass sport. And once you watch it once, you under people understand. They'll understand like this is a this is a whole different whole different world. I tell that to everyone that always makes fun of me for watching bare knuckle boxing because I used to make fun of it and now I pu- push it all the time. So people are like, oh yeah, they're paying you, right? And I'm like, no, I'm I'm really fascinated by it. Like obviously I'm not getting any financial uh, rewards from having you on the podcast, but we're really trying to promote bare knuckle boxing. We really really like it. So um, everyone that's listening to this, definitely check out bare knuckle boxing if you're a big MMA fan because that's our our basic audience. I do have yeah, a f- yeah. I do have a few questions though. So. Like, everyone knows that if you want to be a good wrestler, you, you come to America to, to learn wrestling. And, like, all the really good MMA fighting is happening here. Is it, and bare-knuckle boxing, is that kind of how Europe is? Because, to me, just a layman of the sport, I always hear that, like, England is the home of bare-knuckle boxing. And, like, over in, in Europe, that's where it's at. Is that the truth, or, or what's going well, on now? Well, I can tell you this. Uh, well, as far as the European scene, they are. That is where it was originated. That's where it was founded and uh, was brought over the pond over here. And we obviously picked up on it, but uh, it's it's just a different breed. And, you know, like people go to America to wrestle, this and that. This sport is about heart. And, you know, the one thing I've noticed and I found a lot um, in Europe is, I mean, I thought, you know, I, I had some fights where, you know, I went in and realized I was, you know, dominant, much more of a dominant fighter than the individual I was fighting. But... The one thing that the European fighters have, man, is this incredible heart. And I would say, man, 80% of them, that, that you can knock them down and they're going to just keep getting up. You know, they're going to do what they can. I mean, if they're not unconscious, they're going to try to get up. And, you know, I learned, I got lucky. I learned a, learned a valuable lesson in, in heart and how it goes. And you're either born with it or you're not. It's not something you can be taught. And that's the one thing that I found out. In Europe, we would bring over a lot of uh, USC stars and American stars, and they would come over, and 90% of them get hit once or twice, and they're like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Not, they, didn't get knocked, they didn't get knocked out. They quit. Just like you watch Bare Knuckle, I mean, you watch Knuckle Mania, the last one, Knuckle Mania, there's multiple people on there that just quit. They got hit hard, and they quit. It wasn't, they weren't, you know, separated from consciousness. You know, if you watch my last fight with uh, Chris Sorrow, that dude was separated from consciousness. <laughs> and he's, you know, you, I still give him credit. He he didn't quit. He wasn't being a bitch about it. I I just, you know, separated him from his consciousness. And by the time he got up, I was standing right there. I watched him. He's like, oh, well, what happened? <laughs> so he, he, he went to sleep. Yeah. So, you know, you, you got to give him that credit. So he didn't quit. But I see a lot of people quit. And no matter how, how athletic or how badass you think you are, you know, especially at the heavyweight division, a lot of these guys, you know, talk a lot of talk and you watching guys you know, you know and you can be like even some of the ro- guys on the roster they've never been hit you watch these guys and watch the beginning days of the bkfc and it's no fault of dave feldman it's just they were just trying to get started none of these guys knew what it was about and not many of them fought joey beltran is one of the guys that did tony lopez is one of the guys that did you know these guys would get in there and grind but these other guys just pity patter they try to be safe they try to be soft they don't want to hurt themselves so it's a whole different world. So you start bringing that pressure and you hit 
the way that I fight, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, every time I every time I try to hit you, I'm, it's got mean intentions. I'm oh, trying yeah. to hurt you. Oh yeah. So and it's a whole different world. And I learned that when I was in the UK, and you know I I, uh, I have two losses over there, and the two great guys, you know Harry Miles was uh, the first one, the first fight that I fought over there, and I lost on a decision, and I learned, you know it was my first fight, I learned. Uh, and then my world title fight against Mickey Trail, who I believe right now is still the number one ranked heavyweight in the world in bare knuckle. And we're currently actively trying to pull him over to BKFC because once I get this title, once I take this belt, that's who I want. Mm. I'm definitely, you know, and it's all out of respect. It's not a disrespect. Mick is a, is a hell of a dude, but I'm going to tell you right now, I started slow in our fight at the O2 arena. We fought, I started slow the first two rounds. He ripped my nostril off, uh, cut me. I, I was like a little punching bag, and by the time I woke up, it was too little, too late against the number one guy in the world. And they ended up stopping it, I think, in the fourth due to the nose because my nose was my left nostril was ripped off. Wow. But, uh, Damn, but dude. yeah, it, it's it's all uh, you definitely get a good learning experience by being over there. Things that guys here in the United States, you know, get a lot of guys here that these guys you gotta understand the guys here in America they're still babies. Like I've been doing this for literally this is my sixth year doing it. These guys, if you were with this company in the very beginning, what is this three years? They're just now reaching that third year or that, that three and a half year gap. So it's almost twice as much experience. And, you know, they, they just don't understand the game. That's just the reality. I got one more question about the difference between here and there. And then we can get into some more more current stuff. But you talked about the clinch. And it's not it's frowned upon over there. And it's not legal over in Europe. Does that play a huge difference? you think that would make a big difference in the rematch? So... 100% for, you know, for a fighter like me, it's absolutely, uh, you know, a game changer. So, you know, in Europe, they're proper. So when I got, and I'll just be that honest with you, Mickey Terrell, when I fought for the world title against him, he gave me a boxing lesson on movement. That guy moved slicker than a middleweight. When we fought, I hit him once or twice. And after that, he was just like, nope, not no more. <laughs> and <laughs> he, he stayed long. And that they promote that. They promote the the Victorian style boxing, the proper boxing. So for a guy like me, if I'm getting pieced up here in the U.S., I can actually, I can bum rush you, wrap you know under you throw an underhook on you, and as long as I have one arm free throwing, and long as we're conducting a you know punches, they're not going to stop it. So that that 100% favors the athletes like me where I consider myself a pressure fighter, but I'm short. I'm short and stout where a lot of these heavyweights are tall and long. This is not boxing. It's more of a sprint. It's a two-minute round. You can't sprint the entire round, but you, you're pretty much at least half of it you're sprinting. You should be if you're wanting to win. So it absolutely is a game changer for guys like myself. The, the BKFC rules absolutely are a benefit to guys that want to tie it up and mix it up and have that dirty box and make it an ugly fight. It's a beautiful thing. So it's kind of like the difference between, I would say, kickboxing and Muay Thai then. So, like, when you're clinched up, they don't stop the fight. You can still, as long as you're attacking, they're not going to break the clinch. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I definitely understand that because I hate a K1 fight and I love Muay Thai. Yeah. So <laughs> I get you there, man. I understand that. Yep. Now, you got Mark Coleman in your corner, the hammer. Now, how right. how'd that feel, man, to have him in the corner, a legend like that? Well, you know, um, it's it's an amazing feeling, you know, and he and I, <laughs> it's it, I more look at look look at him. It's not like I'm looking at a legend. It's it's a blessing to have a legend, but it's like a brother. Right. So he he has the the 
he has the power over me like a big brother. So if you watch my last fight, the first round, I, I you know, I was coming off a 16-month layoff. And I was very, very low in the first round. Yeah, didn't do much. I, I mean, I threw a few punches, let, let my opponent know, you know, he was outmatched. And by the time I started getting comfortable, the round was over. Went back to the corner. You can hear Mark clearly say, you know, he wants me to throw my effing hands and stop, <laughs> stop effing around. And when round two started, you, you, you see me, I don't even throw a punch. And the next thing you hear, you can hear Coleman in the background, you know, let's go JB. As soon <laughs> as he says that, I throw a sick, you know, through three, uh, it was a three punch combo, the triple jab, kind of threw a light dab and then a, then a three, two, and it was over. Mm-hmm. So, and that was just because it's like a big brother, you know, it's, he's like, it's motivation, it's support, and it's pressure. <laughs> you, I, want, I don't want to upset him. I want to you know, <laughs> obviously make him happy. And uh, if you watched after that fight, he was probably more excited oh, after yeah. that fight than I was. Yeah. You know, so it's a pretty cool thing. He definitely loves this guy. We had him on a podcast, and he talked about like how he was fighting just so he could have his gym at times too, and like all that money went back into the gym. And we yep, wish him uh, well with all his health and, as well. No, I appreciate that. He's doing a lot better though. He's doing a lot better, guys. He's doing a lot better. He's He's uh, much better spirits and healthy and, you know, getting into training again. So he's doing a lot better. That's good. Hopefully we appreciate you coming on on Valentine's Day because we did get him in trouble (laughs) with his old lady on our (laughs) podcast with him. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, I believe it. I believe it. I'm I'm all good. My girl's sitting next to me, so I'm straight. I'm good. Perfect, man, because she came home and she was, yeah, we could hear him on (laughs) Over the thing, we're like, oh man, just blame it on us, bro. It was, it was bad. It was, I felt terrible, but that was all race fault. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, where are you from? You from Michigan or, or Ohio? Actually, I was born in Ohio. I grew up until my uh, freshman year in high school in Southern California, and yeah. uh, then I flew back out. My dad was uh, uh junior vice president for Wendy's. So we flew back out to Columbus, Ohio. We were in Dublin and then upper Arlington. And then he, he my pops decided to buy a, a flipping farm out in the country. And so I turned into being a, a farm hand for a, for a pig and cattle farm and uh, through high school. <laughs> and then I obviously came up here to Detroit uh, to train under Manny Stewart, you know, in the famed Cronk. And uh, you definitely uh, got a lot of good lessons there, you know, and met a lot of great guys and, it was a blessing. Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to ask something, Ray. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, no. Emmanuel uh, Stewart is a great trainer. <laughs> yeah, Manny was good. Manny was, hell, Manny was one of the ones that uh, pretty much said the same thing Mark said. You know, it was like, you know, you, you can't be boxing, bro. You go that MMA, get out of here. Cause <laughs> we, not, we, don't, we don't do that tie-up shit. Like, I train with Julius Long. Julius is set seven foot two. And I get in Damn. there and I think, I can't hit this dude in the head, you know, so I'd be snatching this waist up and trying to, you know, throw him around. And there was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We, we ain't having that white boy. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> now, do, so, do you do you have like a, a, a wrestling background? I do. Yep. Yep. Wrestle uh, high school and in college. Does Mark challenge you for takedown still today? Uh, you know what? Mark's Mark's uh, it's funny. Mark and I are two different wrestlers, so. Mark's a, you know, a power double, you know, he's an aggressive power double wrestler. And, uh, for me, I was more of a counter wrestler. I'm more of an upper, more of a Greco wrestler. So I'm upper body and, uh, I like to counter wrestle. So off of your offense, you know, do what I got to do So, But no, Mark, Mark is always supreme. And so was Kevin Randall and Kevin's, a I trained with him for a while too. God bless his soul. You know, he's passed, but, uh, he, he was just, that dude is so fast and so athletic. And then we had Brandon Hinkle, who was 
also two-time double uh, A uh, uh, champion. So that, that guy is way better than anyone ever gave him credit for. He was a phenomenal wrestler. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I got I gotta go back to uh, moving around. What kind of culture shock is it going from California to Ohio? Uh, you know, huge because I spent my summers in San Diego, California. You know, boogie boarding, trying to surf. You know, I was a kid, so you know, on Pacific Beach. You know, at Crystal Pier, and then you go from that to pretty much a farm and cows and pigs and snow <laughs> and it, it was it was definitely culture shock. And I went from being a you know blonde hair, blue eye. I mean, I still a blonde hair, blue eye kid, <laughs> but but no more you know riding the beach and chilling on the weekends to cleaning cow. <laughs> Cow stalls and Ugh. big crap and all that good jazz. So it's was, it was, it was a big difference. You went from Baywatch to like being on a farm <laughs> looking at cows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poor guy. At least you got a beautiful uh, girlfriend or wife or significant other, whoever you're with. That that sounds awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's good. It's all good. Now I can just visit the other areas. I got all my kids here. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. I got my kids in this general vicinity between Ohio and Michigan and in Georgia, actually, my eldest live in Georgia, so I'll be sticking here until until they all get a little bit older. Nice. Where do you where are you gonna try and live when you're done with everything? Uh, I've always been a I've always been a beach guy, man. I grew up being a beach guy. That's that's my heart and soul's on the ocean. So, uh, not and I'll be honest with you, um, I'm you know not to be political, but with California being a kind of a shit show i don't think i'd go back out there even though i want to that's where my heart's at so i might try the the east coast or something i just you know what sorry florida the ocean's the ocean man the ocean is the ocean and there's nothing like it man it it rejuvenates the soul and it just it just changes your whole your whole outlook on life man it's cold up north though it's cold yeah bro i I ain't trying to be up in the cold So uh, that brings us to a very interesting topic, uh, COVID. So yeah. how has training been during COVID for you? I mean, up here, it's closed down to gyms. It's been pretty bad for a long time. At least you escaped uh, California. I know Ohio's been open way longer than us. We just really opened our gyms just a couple weeks ago again. Yeah, uh, well, you know, the blessing is, you know, being a professional athlete and having the, the connections I have, it's, you know, to be quite honest with you, um, I, I've never stopped training the entire time. I mean, I got, when I, I got COVID, you know, May, June, uh, you know, got every symptom there was, but it only lasted like six days. After six days, I tested clear on the 10th day and uh, went right back to training. So uh, the blessing is I have, my trainers are all personalized to myself and uh, obviously I couldn't have sparring partners and things like that, but my trainers, you know, had my one-on-one tra- training sessions, closed gym. So we weren't ba- breaking any rules and uh, really never skipped a beat, to be quite honest with you. That's really nice, man. That sounds perfect. That's a great way to be. Some of the other yeah. bare knuckle guys we talked to not as well set up as you, and they had some uh, difficulties training during this time. Yeah. No, I'm blessed, man. But been in the game for a while, you know, and had the blessing you know, to, to set very good relationships. And, you know, we, you got your, your standard core people around you and that's what you do. You don't bounce around. You keep the, the same people around you. So when time comes, they need something, you're there. And if you need something, they're there. And, you know, it's a blessing to have that. Sounds like a bunch of wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's how it goes, man. So yep. let's talk a little bit about training. How do you train to fight bare knuckle? Do you train in the gloves? Do you train without gloves? What do you do to get ready for a fight? 
Yeah, well, you know, and that's the thing. A lot, of, a lot of these yahoos out here, you know, with these misconceptions of how bare knuckle fighters fight, <laughs> like maybe they go out there and watch these damn, you know, Japanese movies and all these kung fu artists and they're hitting woods and doing all this stuff. Like, you got to understand, those guys, all those masters that do that, they've been doing it for 20, 30 years, okay? It's not, hey, I'm going to go hit these boards for six months. That's going to make my bones stronger because, <laughs> you know... <laughs> I'm obviously I've got my education exercise physiology, so you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm educated and I can tell you like this is off of your your bone density is off of repetitive impact. So your metacarpals, your your bone density, all that is off of repetitive impact and over the lifetime, the lifespan of your training. So if you've been training proper and you've been consistent with your training, your bone density is going to be thicker anyways than a fighter. Now, some fighters are prone to having more brittle hands or what have you. Well, then you actually just you you train that you, you train for it. So for me, what I'll do is uh, training wise, I always wear gloves. I don't wear MMA gloves because guys are like, Oh, I'm getting ready for them bare knuckle. I'm going to wear MMA gloves. Well, that's stupid. Why, why, why you, you need to wear your 16 ounce, build up the strength in your shoulders. Like you're supposed to don't wear wraps that strengthens your wrist, strengthens your hands, helps strengthen up the metacarpals, getting that repetitive impact. Now, when you spar, you absolutely wrap your hands, but, you wrap your hands the same way that you're allowed to wrap your hands when you fight bare knuckle. So it teaches your hands to be able to take that impact and also teaches you, even though you're wearing gloves, if you don't wrap your hands like a boxer and you wrap them the way you're only allowed to wrap when you're a bare knuckle fighter, there's difference. You can feel the difference in the glove. You can feel the difference in the impact. So you learn how to punch properly. Now wearing the gloves, if you make a mistake, you're not breaking your hand. You're just like, oh my God, your hands gonna be sore for a couple of days and like realize you did something wrong. So. You know, you got to be more intelligent. And that's, that's the thing. This, these are the things that I learned. Like all these, all the, everyone in the BKFC, they're all young pups. Joey Beltran included. And Joey's my boy. Like he's a good dude. But these guys are all young pups. They just learning. You know, I've been doing this shit twice as long as anybody. And I've learned from the best, which is in the UK. The, the bottom line, the UK has the most experience because these guys have been doing it for generations. You got a problem with me and I got a problem with you. We're going in the backyard and gonna th we're going to throw down. And this is what they do. So this is this is generational. They teach the kids, you know, they pass it down. So you learn their tricks, they teach you, you know, and, you know, obviously it took a couple of years for me to get in the inside, you know, being American, but, uh, you know, having the blessing of being around these guys and them understanding who I was and, you know, I'm not your typical American and you know, just be dead honest. Most Americans are greedy and all about money and all about themselves and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just really not that guy. So I was blessed to meet a lot of good Welsh fighters. The Welsh are wild, crazy people. A lot of good Irish fighters like Jimmy Sweeney. And these guys, you know, showed me some tricks of the trade and taught me some things, you know, uh, along the way. And it was a blessing. So you learn how to train properly and get ready, you know, for, for these fights. And like I said, you know, when I fought boxing, broke my hand twice. MMA, broke man three times. <laughs> I fought bare knuckle for almost six years now. And I've knock on wood, but I've never broken a hand, never hurt my hand ever. All right, before we drink you too much, I do have a question. I've been thinking about it uh, the whole time you've been talking, so I, I want to ask it. Um, what? How do you wrap your hands when you're fighting bare knuckle boxing? Where do you have to have behind the knuckles? Do they so like measure it? it? Yeah, they got to have it basically two inches behind the knuckle, or two fingers, two fingers, two inches uh, behind. So basically, mid mid hand is the highest you can go with your with your wrap. So essentially what you're doing is you're, you're reinforcing your, your wrists and the, you're the base of your metacarpals. So now there's some fighters and I think it's personally, I think it's dumb, but they'll just wrap their wrist only. They'll wrap their wrist only and go out there to fight. 
Now you doing that, if someone gives you an, you know, they give you an option to, you know, if you're going to go play basketball, they give you an option to wear low tops or high tops. You know, me personally, I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to wear high tops. They'll go, oh, that might weaken your ankles. No, I'm only doing it, doing it during the time of the sport. So it gives me extra support. That is simply it. So same concept, you know, so when, uh, when you fight, you're going to be about mid hand down and then you're allowed to go, you know, obviously a little bit low below the wrist. Are you allowed to tape your thumb as well? Yep, you can tape the okay. thumb. Not tape. I think technically they prefer that you wrap it around the thumb. Gotcha. So, that you, so. so it's like locked in place. Kind of. Yeah, it, sort of. I mean, I was down in, uh, I only had one here stateside. So, and I was in Mississippi. And uh, they, they were a little bit lax on how you did it. You, you could, you had to go around the thumb, but you didn't have to immobilize the thumb or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? To where you could barely move it. So right. um, as long as you incorporated the thumb, they were good. I'm just thinking, because when I fight, like I fight MMA, so I want to be able to use my thumb. So I, right. I don't like my thumb wrapped too tight. And I was wondering if you had to or not, because it'd be feel weird. Yeah. Yeah. It'd so cool. definitely don't have to, to immobilize it where you can't grab, can't do stuff. So, you know what I'm saying? But they do want to see it at least wrapped one time around. Yeah. Cause you guys are still plumbing. So you're still clenching and throwing uppercuts exactly. and stuff. So you right. want to be able to use your thumb. It's not like yep, where you exactly. want to be like totally isolated. I was just wondering personally. I'm sorry. I know that's not very interesting, but (laughs) 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 so let's go to something that people are pretty interested in a lot more than how I imagine you wrap your hands. Um, So I heard there was um, some junk talking and maybe some online stuff with, uh, I know you don't want to say his name. So some unspecified fighter that you recently fought. Well, I mean, we can say his name. No, it's it's fine. It's, if you want to talk about the Chris Sorrell thing? That's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. Well, you said you didn't want to bring him any attention, so I didn't even want to bring up his name. Yeah. So I figured that was the best way to do it. Just like shoot nah, right over that. <laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. We just make it quick. I mean, it's, we'll make it quick just like the fight was. All know? right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the guy, the guy is just, you know, God bless him. You know, he just, he's, he's young. In the, I mean, he's not young. You know, he's a 36-year-old guy. So, but, uh. He just seemed to be the kind of guy that's a bully and, you know, come from a small town. And I'll be honest with you, I got 30 plus messages from people from that small town, which is about 1600 people. I think it was <laughs> when I looked it up. So a decent amount of people just saying, you know, before I fought him saying, Hey, please, he doesn't represent our, our town. He doesn't represent our city. You know, that's not what we're about. And then after I won, then I got even more just <laughs> saying, Hey, thank you for, you know, hopefully humbling them, humbling them up a little bit. And, and to be honest with you, you know, I kind of feel bad for the guy. If you want to be dead honest, because I mean, he's just so confused. I mean, he, he, if you, it's just, I mean, he still, t- he photoshops pictures of our fight, clearly things that never happened in the fight, like him smashing me in the face with a hand, with a punch and all this good stuff. And I'm like, and people were calling him out on it, but you know, what? <laughs> you know I guess you got to live in your own head a little bit, you know, to be a fighter. Cause you got to be a little crazy. So the fact that he's a little crazy, I guess is kind of par for the course, but uh, you know, it was just this guy just went a little bit off and, you know, and he constantly goes, oh, I never talked about his family. Well, he did things and, and absolutely. And everybody, like I told you guys before the show, like same thing, like there's things where everybody would say, yeah, that's absolutely what happened. You know, when you start doing things publicly and bringing family into it or, or things that surround the family, like you, you can't do that. So for me, I didn't enter the fight with any emotion, you know, kept it all in check. You watch the, watch the weigh-ins, you know, he's just, you, you know he's insecure when we go to face off and the first thing out of his mouth is, I ain't afraid of you. I'm like, well, thank God, because we're supposed to fight. Like, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, obviously, obviously now I know you're afraid. 
So now I know you're afraid. Um, you know, this guy reached out to me on online. We're not friends. He reached out to me, sent me artwork and all this good stuff. Like, like, oh, I just did this laugh out loud. Oh, so respect, you know, respect. It's going to be an honor to fight you. I'm old school. Like, you can tell me all that shit when we're done, but until the time, I, I want to rip your throat out. So don't try <laughs> to be my buddy before the fight. So, and I, as I'm saying it now, I consider it kind of a bitch move, and you're tilt, tilting your hand, and I, you're tipping your hand, I should say, and I, I'm kind of seeing the insight to where your head's at. And then as soon as we weighed in and I walked up, the first thing out of his mouth was, I ain't afraid of you. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, now I know you're afraid of me. So now I'm just being quiet, you know, and he just keeps talking. Oh, it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a fight. And I'm like, okay, I hope so. Like, what the fuck <laughs> do you want me to say to that, bro? I'm, okay, great. Now I look at the crowd and he's like, hope so. I mean, you can watch all this on the, on the video, but he's like, it's trying to make, he's looking around for like validation from people. I'm just doing me. I'm just, look, bro, we'll just see how long that chin holds up. All right. <laughs> okay, cool. And I walk away and he's still standing there looking at Dave Feldman and, Looking at one of the Mississippi guys, one of the commissioners, I, maybe they're buddies because they were laughing. So I'm like, all right, cool. Laugh all you want, homeboy. We're we going to meet in the ring tomorrow. We'll just see what happens. You know, hey, maybe I get my head torn off. You never know. But I'm just, hey, it's a fight. So, and uh, obviously the fight, I mean, shit, watch the damn fight. Did the fool walks into the ring. He's pointing at me, talking shit to me the whole time, all the way to the ring. I'm like, it's all good. But I'm not going to lie. I act a little bit of an ass, and I, you know, I've always said this every interview I've had post, you know, since the fight is, you know, I apologize. I don't want people to think I'm a complete douche, but uh, you take that cork out the bottle, you know, it's it's hard, it's hard to put it back in. And as soon as he was literally physically kissing the mat, like literally his lips are on the mat, I, you know, at that point, I, it, it all comes out, you know. <laughs> yeah, we we may so. have put that picture up <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So. You know, and uh, he had said some uh, some crude crude things to me uh, online and stuff, and you know some voicemails, and uh, you know, so the fact that I was like, oh man, what were you saying? What were you saying? You know, I just wanted to walk over the top of him because it's what he said he was gonna do to me, and I just you know, supposed to be whispering it, but of course I'm yelling it, <laughs> and just tell him, you know, where you at, bitch? Get the yeah. fuck up. Yeah. You know, let's go. You know, so excuse the language, but yeah. oh, don't worry about it. So yeah, so. Uh, you know, it is what it is. For anyone that hasn't fought, you guys, you probably can't understand what that rush of emotions like when you actually knock someone out and you know the fight is over, especially when they've been talking a whole lot of shit all the way leading up to it. Because sometimes it's personal, and it sounds like it was pretty personal to you. And the more personal it is to me, the quieter I get, and the more I'm going to solve it in the cage. Well, for you to ring, you know? But it's the same thing. And, like, there's such an adrenaline drop, and, like, you just you just accomplish your goal in life. Like for a person that hasn't done this is really hard to understand because there's nothing in real life that equates to that feeling. Like you close the biggest business deal of your life. You're not going to get up and slam stuff. But when you physically dominate somebody, that's like, you just have to let it out sometimes. It's kind of like, uh, you know, the way I could, I could explain, express it is, uh, is you know, you're going to do something. Let's just say jumping out of an airplane. Yep, you know you most likely aren't going to die, but you're doing something that if one thing goes wrong, you could die. And now you got a heckler, somebody telling you, you know, a hater telling you, oh, that shit ain't going to work, all this ain't going to work, all you're going to die. You So you go through the rush, you land on the ground, you're still alive, and that idiot standing right there, you're going to have words from him. Like, yeah. you know, look, motherfucker, I'm here. Like, like thank you. Because you already know you're scared. Like, and people don't get that. Like, being a fighter, 
I don't care who you are. You know, Tyson says it best. You, you back scared. You are scared. You're scared of losing. You, you're scared the entire time. You thought this guy might be able to beat you. You don't want that to happen. Like it's a fear. Like, you have fear, and you turn that fear into positivity. You turn it into positive energy into your favor. But as you walk closer to the ring, all that shit starts to fade away. But until you get that walk, it's that nervous energy backstage. You're like, huh. You know, everything good, everything bad is going through your head, everything. And then on top of all that, you got somebody who was, you know, talking really poorly to you or, or just going crazy. And if you're not that guy, which I'm not, you know, I've done this, what, 16 years, and I've never had anybody run their mouth. Now when I'm in the BKFC now, I now have two guys that have now ran their mouths. And I'm just like, what the hell's wrong with you people? <laughs> uh, obviously, you saw what happened to this guy. You know, oh, you think you're that much better than that guy. Okay, great. But what happens if, if, if not? You know, now look at, you know, you look at Chris Saro. I was a bum. I'm this, I'm that. But then he gets knocked out. His head bounces like a basketball on the floor. And then now it's like, oh, well, I lost to the number three heavyweight in the world. You know, there's no shame in that. It just didn't go the way I want. So you reverse it. Now you're going to talk positive about me that, that I'm a great fighter. So <laughs> it's just like, so why not just keep your mouth shut the entire time? Show respect. You know, keep your, you know, keep that positive energy in you. But you ain't got to put someone down to try to put yourself up. You know, it's the same thing I tell my kids. You know, whenever you make fun of someone, you're showing an insecurity about yourself. There's something, there's something about you that you're not happy with. So, you know, pick people up. Don't put them down. Even in this sport, even when we're going to hurt each other, you can definitely say, hey, I don't think that you're as good a fighter as you think, and I'm going to prove it, you know. But you don't got to start bringing family and start putting them down yeah. and start being you know, negative. That's just my opinion. So, yeah. I say that all the time. I'm like, oh, let's be, I'll be respectful like when I fight, but then – I'm like such a hypocrite because I see Conor McGregor make fun of people I'm like, oh yeah, that's funny. And then I laugh at it and I'm like, I got to watch Conor McGregor, you know, like <laughs> I, I, it kind of sells, man. Like I, I hate it. And like, I was not raised that way. And I think it's cool to be respectful, but then you see someone that's good at it, dude. And you're like, oh yeah, I want to get that ticket. You know, like, do you think there's a place yeah, no, for that no, no. fighting? Well, see, but Conor, Conor, he does it in a way where it's, where it's, 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 He's, it's an act. Yeah. It's all. It's always con that, that's you. Just his bravado. It's who he is. Now, when he fought Aldo, that was personal. Yep. They just like they talk shit about each other. Okay, so it's no different than the sorrow, you know, thing with me. But all the other guys, you know, he makes fun like like the the classic meme of who the fuck's that guy? Who's that guy? <laughs> you know, he, he clearly knew who he is, but he's yeah. being funny. He's bringing attention. So there's no problem with that at all. But you got to have class. And I think Connor has class. I think he knows exactly what the hell he's doing. It's all calculated. You know, no different than Ali. Ali was, he did it as, it was calculated class. Like he would be fun. Now, just like uh, Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier took offense to some of the shit that he did because Frazier helped him out when he was, you know, struggling. So he's like, hey, how could you ever call me a gorilla? Like, why would you do that? You know, and he took it personal, but Ali never took it to that personal level. He never meant it as a personal threat. It was just to sell things, get it hyped up. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's a difference. But when you start talking about family, you start going outside the realm of fighting, and you start talking about personal things. That's when, to me, that's when you're crossing the line, personally. Yeah, Connor's done that a few times, too, and I still laugh at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I was on a roll there. You could have just went with it. Okay? I could have, man, but that's not <laughs> how to... listening. You make me look good here. Okay? Yeah, that's, that's not how to show it. You're trying to make him look... Like, you're trying to make it look good. But, I like, tried. I just drop in reality on you, like... He's awesome to watch, and I'm a hypocrite. And I know I I lay in bed and I think about it sometimes. I'm like, man, I'm such a hypocrite. Like it bothers me at night, but I love it. Like I'm drawn to it. Like you, you can't not be. It's like the alphas in us. We're like, just want to see what's gonna happen. 
100%. So then you're excited when he loses, too. Like, you're like, ah, he deserved to lose, you know? Like, <laughs> dude, like, I don't know. I don't know. I, oh, I hate that part of the sport. You're one of those guys. Yeah. You're one of those guys. You're, no. all, you're, all, you're all on his side until he loses, and you're like, ah, he deserved to lose. <laughs> it depends on what shit he talks. Like, I felt bad he lost last time because he was so nice. And then, like, he talks all the shit he wins. Like, it, it's tough, man. Like, I don't know. It's just tough. I love. He's just such a good athlete. He's so controversial. It's perfect. Yeah. So that brings me into something else. Bare knuckle boxing is getting bigger and bigger. Do you think it's nice to have, let's say, um, pretty stars coming over from other sports, making a big splash and probably sucking up a lot of the money? How do you feel about that? I think that anyone that anyone that talks shit about it is a damn hypocrite. Because all these <laughs> all these people that are fucking nobodies, and I'm gonna tell you right now, I have a little bit of a name. I've been in different sports. I have a little bit of following. I got a little bit international because I fought in different countries, and I look at it as a blessing. Dave Feldman, what they're doing is a fucking genius thing. You bring big names in to bring more attention to it. Now, it's just like Tyson. Half the world loved him. Half the world hated him. And but you know what they all did? A hundred percent of the world watched it. Okay, whether you wanted to get knocked out, you wanted to win, but they all watched it. It's the same thing with the Paige Van Zandt. They didn't page in. She's beautiful. She's known for having heart. She proved it in the fight. She just didn't get comfortable quick enough. That's the one. That's the only downside. I don't think Britton Hart is on that level. That's just my opinion. And Britton Hart is actually a friend of one of a guy that a friend Kevin Smith, a friend of mine, and it's he's part of the team or she's part of the team. And you know what? I honestly didn't. I don't think that she is the one i don't think she has the skill sets but in this sport it's a different realm and people don't get it until they get in there and they get hit and then they go "Ooh, this is completely different Ooh, and Paige was one of them that said oh it's i fight with mma gloves it's not much different no sweetheart it's a big different you're about to find out <laughs> and i was pulling for Paige, and my my girl and i she's sitting right here she agrees well i was watching and about round two i looked at my girl and go it's not good she's not getting comfortable she finally got comfortable, in my opinion, about round four, halfway through round four. I looked at her and go, and she don't stop Brit. It, it, it's a wrap. And the only one to stop Brit was Ferreira. So Christine was the only one, and she smoked her quick. So that was the only person that ever stopped her. I, I said, I don't see it. Now do him wrong. Paige fucked her up pretty good, messed up her bottom teeth, pushed her teeth out. But it wasn't enough to win the fight. Mm -hmm. So... And now everybody gets in here and gets mad. Oh, I, I get my money. I want to get paid. Like, listen, first of all, fool, ain't nobody know who you are. <laughs> if, you don't bring, if you don't bring, and I'm, I'm and I love everybody. Like, there's, there's a few of my friends that are on in this sport that are in big rifts with BKSC because they're not getting paid. And like, listen, ain't nobody know who the fuck you are. And then you like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm worth this money. No, 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 you're not. Nobody, if, if it isn't for BKSC, you would be unknown. So let's be real. Let's, let's stop trying to act like we're more than we are. We're in the part of the sport now where we're building the sport. Now you'll always you go look back in 20 years from now, and they can look back and be like, "Hey, you're one of the pioneers." Just like UFC, those guys weren't making big cheddar, they weren't making big jack, they weren't fucking you know killing it, but they were doing it for the love and for their reputation and their legacies, right? Same thing now. That's what all of us are. We're all pioneering it. We're all getting it, you know, getting a good base. So the guys in 20 years from now will be getting big paydays and they can look back and say, hey, remember when Josh Burns was there? Man, that motherfucker fought in the UK, didn't make anything, did 15-hour flights, fought on the same day. Like, they just, they did not treat me good over there. But yet I did it because I wanted to get, I wanted to learn, I wanted the process. I, I needed that 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 wealth of uh, knowledge that they I was going to get over there. I, did, I didn't do it for the fucking money. 
I did it for the experience. And I knew Dave was getting things running here. As soon as that happens, of course I'm coming back stateside. I'm not, why the hell would I go over there? You know, I, I hate, I'll be honest with you, I dislike that country. It was, you know, a lot of nice people over there, but it, America's where I'm at, man. That's my home and that's where I want to stay. And now that I'm here, I'm, <laughs> I'm the most experienced fighter that they have on the roster. I like so, that. You know, and, you know, and the, we, we talked about discrepancies with records and, you know, got other heavyweights that, that bring my name up. Like, oh, you're a 500 fighter. You're a gatekeeper, old man. I'm like, all right, bet. You go on the YouTube right now. YouTube right now. Go look up my fights. You can't find any of my – all six of my wins are pulled down. They only have the four losses they say I have. Well, two of them were no contest because they were medically declared no contest after the fight because medical staff goes, yo, he was cut fingernail. It's obvious right here. Boom. And the other one, I got gouged in the eye, and the, the surgeon was the one that signed off on the paperwork going – Something was lodged so deep in his eye, his ocular nerve was scratched. Yeah. You don't do that unless it was lodged deep. So they knew that, oh, mate, you're good, mate. We'll fix it, mate. No problem. <laughs> well, as soon as I tell him, hey, I'm not coming back over. I'm going to stay. I'm going to sign with Dave. I don't feel like flying out here no more. Right. And I have all the I have all the transactions. I have all the proof. Six weeks later, they're like, oh, we cut Josh Burns. And then then two weeks later, they report my record as four and four. I'm like, okay. And right now we're in such an early stage of the game that I really, what, what can I do? You know, what can I do? They're, 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 it's kind of the wild west over there. They can say whatever they want. Mm. And then they, and, but to my credit or to what I believe proves what I'm saying, if you go online right now, you can't find any wins for Josh Burns. All you see is those four fights and watch the, watch all four. You'll see the two that I know that hundred percent, those are losses world title. And then Harry miles, watch the other two, Tony Johnson and, uh, Pottermore. I knocked that Pottermore guy down for 21 seconds, but they let the fight keep going. And then he gouges me in the eye and then they stop it because my eye swells up, not from a punch. It swells up for like an eye poke. So people that have common sense can go look at it and go, okay, not, you know, it's the old saying, Oh, it's on the internet. It must be true. Right? So people know that there's stories to everything. But for me, everything starts new here. Like my girl said, everything, Hey, we're, we're, Oh no, before the Chris Star fight, we're, Oh no, we're, we're starting new here. We'll, 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 we'll make a name for ourselves here. We bounced Chris's head off the ground like a basketball. Now, you know, I, I'm, I'm next in line for the, the, you know, heavyweight championship. Hopefully I get to fight that fight uh, sooner than later. And if I have to fight one more uh, before I get the fight, then so be it. I'll do the same thing to the next guy. Because <laughs> there is literally no one in this, and literally no one in this heavyweight division that fights the way I do, has the pressure that I have, and I'm telling you right now, you hit me in the head with a bat. Not one of these heavyweights besides Joey Beltran have proven that you could walk through being hit in the head with a bat. Joey's the only one. <laughs> and that's just the God's honest truth. Yeah. Well, so, I, I would look at it this way. No one's going to care about anything besides for bare knuckle fighting in the next couple of years because no one's even going to know what it is because bare knuckle boxing is going to be huge. Yeah. Right? Like, none of the other stuff is even going to matter. So whatever they say... No one in America is going to care, and that's where he lives, so who really right. cares? No. You know what I mean? Like, what no, you do in bare knuckle boxing is what it is. And now you got this big national stage where people like from Buffalo, New York, who've never seen you fight before besides from bare knuckle boxing, all, that's all I know about you, you know? Right, so, right, exactly. I mean, to me, you're like the dominant heavyweight, so I, I don't know any better. You look good when you fight. Like, it's exciting yeah, to watch yeah. you fight, so that's where I'm at. I got no, uh, I two quick questions going back to Paige. Do you think the shorter rounds really affected her going from fives to twos? Um, I believe it could. Uh, absolutely. When you first start this, you, you know, even if you approach it as a boxer, which are three-minute rounds, 
you you got about a minute 45 seconds to feel your opponent out before you you know uh implement your plan because you're not can't just go in the, into a ring i mean you got the ideology of what you want to do but then you have practicality when you actually get there what's your opponent allowing you to do or giving you and with this you only have two minutes so it's more of a sprint like i said earlier it's a sprint so when you get in there You've got to be quick. You got to think quick, and you have to make things happen. You just can't wait. You have to make things happen. You've got to force your opponent to do things that you want, even if they're even if they're got a real tight guard. You got to push them where you want them to push, so you can open up things that you need open. And like I said with Paige, I think that affected her big time because if she fought the way she did in the fifth round, that fight wouldn't have gone two rounds. Right. You know, if she, if she fought like that round one, round two, the fight would have been over. I, I truly believe that Britain would have been stopped. Because round but, five well, is like round two in MMA, if you think about it. Like, that's only 10 minutes in. Exactly. Know? Exactly. And she's fought a 25-minute fight. So, yep. it's, it's tough. Yeah. I, I know the difference because I've, I'm a pro, and I, I spar with amateurs that fight three-minute rounds, and the pacing that we fight at is completely different. And I can 100%. see, like, how it would be tough if you don't train correctly, like you guys do. Like, you, are, you already know the secrets. You know, you got to train those two-minute rounds. You got to be fast. But if you're not used exactly. to that and you're training with pros that are fighting fives, I don't know what kind of training she did. Like it's gonna could come out real awful the first couple of rounds. No, hundred percent. And when I'm done fighting, you know, that's something that I'm I'm in talks with BKFC right now. I really want to, you know, get a school, get things going so people understand bare knuckle fighting. Some of these old school coaches are smart enough to catch on, but I, you know, it's like boxing. Like you know, I, I'm not I'm not boxing for thirty minutes. It's this ain't a marathon. So I'm not gonna go outside and go run three miles because oh it's great for your car. No. Everything I'm going to do is until to a 10-minute uh, duration. I might do 30-minute cardio set, low-end cardio for aerobic base, but everything I do anaerobically or anything that I do for high intensity is going to be based around that 10-minute mark. Everyone's like, well, I'll do, do three minutes. That's just better for you. No, it's not because it sets your body into a motion to where you become complacent on the three minutes. And you don't even realize that your body, you hold reserves. You're like, I got three minutes. I got to reserve a little bit. This isn't a reserve situation. This is literally a two-minute sprint, literally. And, and you've got to base your body around it. You've got to know. And, but you got, you're going two by one. So if you're smart enough, you can literally get the break that you need in between each round and be ready to rock and roll You know, all five rounds. This is coming from a professional. He went to school for it. So listen up, guys, if you're listening. Yeah, all the young fighters, listen to this. We got to get Ray to do two-minute rounds because then I think you could do all right. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> These days, Ray's a little too fat for even threes, so we yeah. got to get you on twos. I got to cut some weight. We got to get you fighting twos at a five-minute pace. <laughs> <laughs> I got one last question, and then you can plug whatever you want to plug before you uh, get out of here. But how's your relationship yeah. with David Feldman? We have him on a bunch of times. We've, we've only really we had one person say anything bad about him at all. And and we had him on before bare knuckle fighting took off too, yeah. so that was kind of cool. Right, right, yeah. Well, you know, Dave and I, man, like I said, Dave and I, we go way back and uh, way back, what six years, seven years. So, I was going to be on his first original card uh, way back in Miami, way seven years ago. Signed contracts, everything. Did it twice, and we had a little falling out, and that's why I went to over to Europe because I said I'm not going to sit idle. This is something I really think I'm going to love. I don't want to go back to MMA. I still had one more fight with Bellator, but I was like, you know what? I want to do this. So I went there, and he kind of fell apart. We, you know, we didn't really talk much, and it was what it was. Then he got it going, got it wherever it was in the Dakotas, got it, got an actual show up off off the ground, and it started catching fire. 
And once uh, once it really started taking off, I reached out, spoke to Nate. You know, and to be honest, I, you guys are going to, one thing you'll know about me, I'm not a bullshitter. So honestly, Nate wanted nothing to do with me, you know, and, and I was the number one contender in the Europe. And there, he's like, yeah, it makes no sense for us. We can't have you come over here and beat our guys and make us look second rate. <laughs> and that's just, that was the exact words, you know, and I'm like, okay, that kind of sucks. So because I'm good, you don't want me. That really sucks. And plus we had a little falling out. And then, uh, you know, then, like I said, I had a little, uh, a rough go with them where, like I said, I flew 15 hours, fought the same day that I flew in off a 15 hour flight, wow. like fought four hours after I got off the plane. I mean, I still got the knockout, but it was still, it was unique. It was a unique situation. And, uh, and I'm sure that's why they take that shit down because even the announcer goes, Oh, this guy's an absolute legend. He flew 15 hours and is in the ring now, you know, like, how did you that, do weigh-ins? Well, we do the weigh-ins in the UK the same day. Damn. Same day. So you had to they, fly they in, weigh in and then fight. So what I did is I flew in, <laughs> went down to the arena to go weigh in. I'm a heavyweight, so but it's still retarded, so I had to weigh in. Then go back to the fighter house, and uh, this was in Liverpool. So uh, I was somewhat close, and uh, went back to the house, took a two-hour nap, woke up, went to the arena, and obviously I think I was like the third to, third to last fight or fourth last fight. Uh, they knew that I had flown. I wanted to get – I wanted to be – that, you know, I wanted to get out there quicker than later. And uh, so somewhat kind of got in the middle, I guess. Went out there, fought a big uh, Jenkins. Uh, God, what's his name? A guy named Jenkins. He was like 6'7", 270, shredded, big-ass white boy. And uh, <laughs> he was he was strong as hell. But, nope. you know, I luckily was blessed, got the knockout win, and then was done. Did you blow up your lungs or anything when you got off the plane or just get off the plane, do the win, go nap, and then, like, go to the arena and fight? To be quite honest with you, um, I did not blow my lungs out. God and, damn, uh, dude. But, <laughs> you're a savage. You know, no, it, 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 <laughs> you do, uh, what you're saying, I would always do. Anytime <laughs> I get off a plane, I would always, you know, if five minutes, five minutes, yeah. you know, blow out, you know. And But I had to fight that day, and I got off the plane, had to get from the airport to the, to the hotel. <laughs> I had about five hours. And I'm like, I'm not going out and going to go. I'm a heavy. I'm a fat boy. I'm like, I'm not going out to go do some you know training and then fight tonight like nah so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna rest i'm gonna take the approach of just resting so and that's literally what i did went back to, you know weighed in went back to the house took a couple hour nap went back to the arena uh you know was able to get in there lucky got the win and was done with it and then you know then it's you know so much fun like oh yeah i'm a legend you know i did all this but when you look back at it you're like god that was stupid that was stupid yeah. and crazy like you know doing it in that 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 type of time frame Damn, that'll probably take half a year off your life. God damn. Let's hope not. All right, man. Uh, we're, you got anything else, Ray? Uh, any plug for you on Josh? Ah, man. Well, yeah, bro. Let's let's make sure we get in that hashtag, Belch, Burns versus Beltran, BKFC. Uh, that hashtag's going like wildfire right now. And uh, I know Joey Beltran wants that fight. Uh, I know Sam Shoemaker gets a little sore ass that I'm asking for, but it's kind of funny because it's like, look, bro. You had a chance to fight me multiple times. Well, for whatever reason, you didn't show up. For whatever reason, you got sick, you got COVID, you got whatever. You didn't come. Enough, you it happened enough times that they gave me a new opponent. So my opinion is, look, Joey wants to fight. Joey only wants, only wants to fight the best. So at the end of the day, when the champ wants it, you know something's up. So and it's <laughs> it's taken, you know, it's caught on like wildfire. And, uh, you know, we're just going to keep pushing it. Hey, if, if Sam shows up to fight, great. I know Joey's, in my opinion, Joey's going to whoop his ass. 
So that's just my opinion. So, and uh, because Sam's a one-dimensional fighter, so Joe yeah, I seen him. I seen him yeah. fight on uh, the Arnold guy, um, and yeah. he, he was and he was like rushing in and he was yeah. getting so, hit coming I think, in. I think I think he's changed. His, he's not. I I don't know. I, I try to give him credit, but I mean, I remember I was supposed to fight him. I was allowed to fight him for like six months. So I was training for him for like six months. And we had like three shows that, that, that didn't happen. One was because he got shut down, not not his fault nor mine. And then we had two other times. Nate called me, asked me if I was, would take the fight. I'm like, let's do it, right? He calls me back and says his exact words like, eh, your opponent doesn't want to really do it. You know, <laughs> he doesn't care if he loses, but he doesn't want to look bad doing it. In other words, he's not in shape. Mm. Okay, great. So that's not going to happen. Then we're supposed to fight this last time in Kansas. The dude don't do no promotions, no nothing the entire time. And then the week of the fight, the Monday of the fight goes, oh, I got COVID. <laughs> Bitch, please. So at the end of the day, you didn't, you didn't, that's it. Now, this is not me talking shit. This is just factual stuff. So if you were really getting ready for a fight, don't you think you'd be promoting it? Don't you think you'd be all about it? So now, you know, we're going to sit on the, we're going to sit on the sideline. We're either going to get a number one, uh, you know, uh, one of the contender elimination fight. And uh, I have an idea who I might fight. Of course, they're not going to tell me, but um, I'm assuming who it'll be. And, you know, them two are going to fight, Sam and Joey. After I knock out who I fight, I'll get in the ring and challenge the winner. I don't think Sam wins. I think Joey wins. Um, that's just my opinion. So, but the crazy thing is if something happens and Sam does win, <laughs> uh, he has no fucking choice but to fight me. Uh. So all this, all this little jibber-jabber he's got going on, you know, Call me a, you know, a gatekeeper and a 500 fighter and all this good jazz. No problem, brother. And that, what you gonna say? What you gonna say when I knock? When you get knocked out by that 500 fighter, and that then, old man gatekeeper. <laughs> and after you kick his ass, come on the podcast again. Yeah, yeah you, you guys look out for the old guys, right, Ray? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that dude made fun of me, and I knocked him out in four seconds. He kept posting all kinds of shit that I was old. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so, yeah, no, 100%, no matter what, man, I'll come back, no problem. So, but that's really it, man, you know, you guys want to check out anything, you know, all my websites, uh, it's Josh the Hammer Burns on, uh, on uh, what is it, Instagram, and then just Josh Burns on Facebook. I really don't do much on Twitter, but it's attached to my Facebook, so <laughs> if you want to keep up with the fight stuff or where I'm at or, you know, what's going on, you can check that out, and uh, that hashtag, Burns versus Beltran, BKFC, man, we just got to get that shit pushed and get it out there, All so right, no I'll, matter what happens. We'll hashtag this and we'll post it. We'll hashtag it on YouTube and we'll hashtag it on uh, Facebook where I post it. Yep. My guys, my guys, I appreciate it. All right, man, thank you very much for coming on on Valentine's Day. We appreciate you and uh, give hey. your lady a special <laughs> thanks for putting up with us. We appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. No, no doubt, guys. All right, man. All appreciate right. you. All thank right. you very much. All right. Later. All right. Bye-bye. Awesome, right? Awesome. That was a good one. Yeah. Sorry, we were, we were going to make this one half hour, but it turned out really good. Like, <laughs> hey, it was good. He's got a weird twang, too, in his accent and that and voice. Like, it sounds so good. I listened to it. I'm like, I'm like listening to Dukes of Hazard. it feels like. I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that might get so, us canceled. That's so, not, not so, a good show to talk about. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, hopefully he wins the belt, and then yeah. we have him on again. Yeah, heavyweight champ. Uh, yeah. I don't know. He looked good in the fight I seen. That, yeah. That you put on. Yeah, uh, he looked good, and... Uh, I seen him posting up some videos of some pad work, mm -hmm. and uh, he looks pretty good, man, for a big guy. 
Yeah. Oh man, he hits he hits the I, kill. I, man. I watched on a video. Like this is the worst prep I've ever done for podcasts in the entire time I've been podcasting. Because I didn't even look him up because I thought you weren't coming because you're so late. And then uh, like it, <laughs> it turned out so good, man. I, I really like this guy. I definitely want to have him back on, and I want to want to go back and watch all his fights and stuff and see what I can find about the Bellator stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's an MMA. He fought MMA. Yeah. I, I know that kind of opened up your eyes right there. I know. Okay, I man. Like, oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I know. I like that. And then I knew he trained Coleman because we talked before. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was cool. Yeah. yeah. Maybe get my Coleman back on too when he's not uh, been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> he probably won't talk to us then. Nah, he's good though. Yeah, he'd be making fun of you. Yeah. <laughs> With the baseball? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh yeah, and that was a good stuff. one though. That was a really good one. Yeah. I still have that one say them the original say them like yeah, you gonna, have to listen to that. I'm gonna so have, they won't roll. I'm gonna um uh send the link to Josh. Yeah. <laughs> send that link to him for sure. He'll probably like that one. Oh yeah. Yeah, he'll be he'll know what's going on when he listens to the first couple minutes of it. <laughs> uh anything else? Uh that's it, man. Shout out to my lovely wife, Kara Sky. Uh happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to all the single females out there. Yeah. Ray's too pimpy to, to say it, but right. I love you, baby. <laughs> All right. All right. You can tell I forgot Valentine's Day. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. I did not really forget Valentine's Day. <laughs> All right. All right, fight fans. We are out of here. Peace. I got Ollie with a good Easter egg. Oh, yeah? Yeah, you didn't know we were off when I did Ollie's. That was good. Oh <laughs> man, um, I kind of, I'm kind of, yeah. I, I wanted, it, I wanted it to be, I, I wanted to do that one too. Yeah. Oh man, I had some shit to do. That yeah. came up. Huh? But yeah, Ali, Ali's cool, man. I was wanting, uh, I was, I'm, I'm surprised he never really had him before. Yeah, we had him with the Boxer podcast. He came in with Alex. Oh yeah, that is right. I knew. I, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that you is right. Remember the podcast we do. Right. Yeah, but it's only you come in like every third one. So but it was <laughs> it was only uh <laughs> oh man. So what are we gonna do next week? Get a local fighter. Yeah, let's try and get Alex. I'll try to get Alex.